Even in its final days, 2020 keeps throwing us curveballs. My initial plan for the start of this podcast was to emulate the usual party atmosphere of New Year's. However, given the news announcement I am hearing now, it doesn't sit right with me to continue as planned. I hate to break the podcast mystique for you, but the day that I'm recording this is the 19th of December 2020. And as a break from recording, I watched the news during which the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom announced Tier 4 restrictions and the fact that many people will not be surrounded by their families this Christmas. Some will be spending it alone, potentially for the first time in their lives. My phone is currently going alight with WhatsApp messages and Facebook notifications about people discussing this and... It breaks my heart to know that some of my friends will be affected by this, some of my family will be affected by this, and that people may be alone this holiday season. When this episode airs, the festive season will be beginning to fade into memory, but it felt like the height of hypocrisy to write an episode on toxic positivity and pretend that this hasn't happened. To whoever has missed a significant event in 2020, from Christmas to Eid, to birthdays and engagement parties, to funerals and everything in between, you have my deepest sympathies and I hope we never have to experience such loss of gatherings again. The episode will now continue as originally planned, but from my home to yours, it is my hope that we may be reunited with our families both blood and chosen, once again very soon. Three, two, one. from all of us here at the Torn Pages podcast, the place where you can tell your story completely anonymously. Are you fixated on a New Year's resolution this year? Now that the horrid 2020 is behind us, are you looking to 2021 being your year? Is New Year, New Me your philosophy? Well, in this episode, we're going to be talking all things New Year's and toxic positivity. Hello lovelies, welcome back to the Torn Pages podcast. For those of you who may be a little new to us, we're all about giving you the space to anonymously tell your stories and talking all things mental health. We're going to have expert roundtables, writers being quizzed and discussing the practice of writing for mental health. We're also going to have a few episodes where I talk through a topic relevant to the world around us. This episode is going to be exactly that. We're going to talk about toxic positivity in the new year. Now, traditionally, releasing an episode on New Year's Day is a surefire win. The majority of people have been to a party the night before and are an audience held captive by their duvets and the amount of vodka they have had the night before. Even without the massive parties this year, I hope this is still the case for the majority of you, as if any year deserves to celebrate it coming to a close, it's 2020. However, there may be many of you where not much has changed. You've gotten up, headed to work, and this day is just the start of the working year. There will be many of you listening for whom 2021 is a brand new start. 2020 was traumatic, turbulent, and possibly a time for reflection and change, which is why it is more important than ever to discuss toxic positivity. 
Firstly, what is toxic positivity? Upon initial inspection, it seems like an oxymoron. How can positivity be toxic? How can something as hopeful and encompassing as positivity be a bad thing? Toxic positivity is the excessive and unhelpful practice of enacting positivity, even when it does not serve you or when it may be harmful. It is the idea that you must be happy and positive in spite of the circumstances. A couple of examples here. It is the fake smile you plaster on when all you want to do is cry. It is the reason why people tell you to smile, love, it may never happen. It is the insisting to someone that you are fine when that could not be farther from the truth. Toxic positivity encourages us to hide our true emotions in place of something that is much more convenient and socially acceptable. That you are happy. Now, why is this problematic? After all, every one of us at some point or another has faked happiness. Is it really such a bad idea that it deserves to be known as toxic? Well, yeah, it is that bad. It diminishes our human experience to simply being centred around what others and society thinks of us, rather than what we actually experience. It is also incredibly broad and unconsidered. It suggests that changing your mindset is a simple and easy thing to do and that everything will be better if you change the way you think about it. While this isn't untrue necessarily, the line is drawn when this is given as a cure-all for any issue you face in the world, especially when this thinking is used as a mask to hide your emotions rather than actually deal with them and address them. To put it simply... No one in the world is 100% happy all of the time because it's impossible to be, and arguably it's impossible to be and to be mortal. By our very nature, we are impermanent. We do not last forever and therefore happiness does not last forever. We will all be touched by grief and change, even if we were to have the happiest life in the world. And if we experience love and empathy, we will grieve major life events, such as losing a loved one or moving on from a place we loved. Life is not as simplistic as being happy all the time, and nor should it be, for there is no adventure, there's no change in a life like that. One of my university lecturers once made the point that we should not aim for happiness, but aim for contentedness, as happiness has too much pressure, too much expectation. And I believe that is the case, as contentedness has a comfort which happiness does not. We always seem to forget that happiness and joy are extremes on a scale of emotions. And you can't always be happy all of the time. I'm really passionate about dealing with toxic positivity as I believe it was a contributing factor to my own mental health decline. If you've listened to our prologue episode, you'll have an insight into what happened. And I believe toxic positivity, the I'm fine way of being, to have limited me in not seeking help sooner. The swan analogy is often used to describe being strong at times of crisis, but if you're living your life that way, it is somewhat problematic. I was the epitome of the swan analogy and its ability to be problematic. Cool and calm on the surface, you wouldn't have thought I had a care in the world, but underneath I was frantically paddling in the hopes of getting somewhere. You may well have experienced some of this during the pandemic and local lockdowns that have occurred, and especially how that ties into toxic positivity. The way discussion centred around what we could do with this time, how we could be productive, and the idea that, well, Shakespeare wrote some of his best plays during the plague, why can't you do something incredible too? 
while this is all motivational, it also adds a tremendous amount of pressure that just because you have more time than usual, you have to actively do something with it, despite 2020 unveiling the latest cataclysmic event as you're going along. Even if the discussions weren't centred around productivity, it could have you biting your tongue about how you're feeling because others have it worse. Although this may be true, sometimes perspective isn't that helpful when dealing with emotions and what you need is simply to tell someone how you're feeling, not to hear how somebody else has it much worse. Realistically, when you're living in a global pandemic, all you need to do is focus on surviving that pandemic. If all you've done is live in joggers, had a nice cold pint and wait for all this to blow over mentality, you've done enough. Also, welcome to the club. <laughs> Bonus points are given for recognising the Shaun of the Dead reference. Although, sadly, we're not able to go to the Winchester. Yet after a year like 2020, the year following may be concerned with bettering the year that came before it and bettering ourselves as a result. After a year that has been fraught with events we cannot directly control, predominantly the, the global pandemic and the successive economic and social fallout, we may be tempted to focus on what we can control and be hyper-diligent in doing so, seizing the day because you never know when something can come and limit your days. This makes our pre-existing culture of promoting change simply because of a new year especially problematic. Now is the time to foster gentle re recovery and continuing survival of a global pandemic because as much as we wish it was the case, the pandemic doesn't stop simply because the number changes from 2020 to 2021. The last thing we need is to be subject to toxic positivity when reflection and recuperation is what we need. Whether we will get that or not is a different matter. Take your run-of-the-mill December through to January adverts, for instance. One week they're all about encouraging the treat yourself it's Christmas mindset and then come Boxing Day are promoting gyms and healthy eating. One week it is about wrapping up warm and enjoying the cosiness of the season. The next we are bored of the cold and we're looking to fly away somewhere hot. We are so used to the experience of self-improvement January advertising, but let's reframe it. Say you're going to a dinner party, a la pre-COVID-19 times. You bear gifts for the host. Outside, the hallway is littered with the remnants of parties. Booze bottles and party hats are strewn between doorways. Balloons are hung from the doors. Hell, you might even bump into a hungover neighbour on the way to find the correct door. You knock. Expecting your hosts to be in an equal state of disarray, only to find them looking like they've stepped off magazine covers, radiant in their Photoshop come-to-life images. Their guests are equally as shiny and inhuman and bombard you with questions about why you are so ugly, single and disorganised, saying you look tired and could do with a holiday, saying you should focus on you and change everything about ye. So you agree to join one guest's gym and to rent another's villa, one person suggests you try some magic diet pills and another promises to completely change up your wardrobe. When you finally stumble out of the door, you're more broke and disillusioned than ever before. As you leave the building, you vow never to visit these god-awful people again. But next New Year's Day comes around and you find yourself at their doorstep once more. This also isn't helped by the tradition of the New Year's resolution. The idea that just because the year changes, you should remedy everything you are dissatisfied with in your life. We asked some of our followers on Instagram what they thought of them. At Ashton88 underscore 19 said, I don't do resolutions. I call them reflections on what I want to improve. 
whereas at underscore waves of words underscore said i think they are a good idea to better understand what to work on and focus on but they can also be a bit stressful or rushed if you feel like you haven't achieved the past ones anon on the other hand put i really don't see the point in them as i never complete them anyways thank you all so much you all raise really excellent points if we haven't achieved them in the past this can really impact the way we see them today they can be constructive and help us to focus. However, if they make us feel bad, are they an added source of stress and unnecessary? We'll touch upon how best to set a New Year's resolution later on and how to stop this being an extra source of stress and toxic positivity. Why do we persist in these rituals, even if we are aware of their harm? Well, the way that I see it is that it's part of the human condition to strive to be the very best version of yourself that you can be. From a very young age, we're socialised into aspiring to be like our personal heroes and to aim to build the best life you can have. Every time the year moves to the next, we consider what we want for ourselves and how we can make it happen. This concept isn't inherently toxic. However, when you apply the pressures of living in a capitalist society whose sole purpose is to perpetuate money spending, the conditions change significantly. As advertising is advanced with greater knowledge of our psychology, we're subject to smarter ways of getting us to spend money on an item or a product or a service based upon our insecurities. Capitalism targets our insecurities and promises solutions for them in the form of gym memberships, holidays or the latest piece of tech. We get lured in by the promise of a quick fix that replaces the true solution, either personal hard work or a change on a systemic level. If a person is dissatisfied with their life, it more often than not runs deeper than if they have the latest gadget or not. So what can you do to resist toxic positivity today on the 1st of January 2021. How can we make a healthier relationship with positivity and ourselves at the beginning of a brand new year? First, some practical tips. If you're going to have a new year's resolution, make sure it follows the acronym SMART. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and time-based. Now, some of you from the UK will be rolling your eyes hearing this as you may well have heard it used in school. But tell me, how many New Year's resolutions fail quickly because they are too vague? For example, I want to get in into shape, I want to be more organised, etc. These are all well and good, however, what does that mean for you? I also think that too often resolutions, like the ads, focus too much on our insecurities. Why not make it fun? Why does it have to be a chore to keep up with your New Year's resolution? One of the best New Year's resolutions I ever made was to try and do one new thing every month of the year, which I kept, kept a record of in my journal. Come the end of the year, I had tried many more new things than my 12 set, and it was because I was actively seeking new challenges and tasks. I also didn't beat myself up about it, as some of the new things were passive that may well have happened in my life anyways. This might have been a trip to Spain or leading a work project. But it changed my attitude towards New Year's resolutions because I was doing something fun. I wasn't, it was still a challenge, but I wasn't just trying to fix something that I deemed to be wrong with me. That being said, if you do want to change something, the best way to do it is to build it into your routine little and often Doing something, for instance, doing something at the same time every day will turn it into a habit. 
Easier said than done, I know, but it helps to allow gradual change rather than sudden and makes you more likely to stick to that habit. Another suggestion is to mute adverts on TV and radio. This may sound a little bizarre, but you'd be amazed at how much we pick up on by passively listening. You can't avoid some as you're going about your day-to-day life, but you can limit your engagement with them this way. The vast majority of people now have the ability to pause or record TV and things like that, so just mute it, fast forward through the adverts, completely skip them entirely, and you won't be feeling like you're missing out on this culture of getting better, when in fact really we know that's all built on a very toxic capitalist society. You may also want to monitor your own spread of toxic positivity. Now you may not even be conscious of propagating this. It might just be something that you've picked up as you've been growing up or with the people around you. But just consider now, how do you react when someone in your life gives you their bad news? Be sure to validate the emotions of the people around you rather than primarily trying to cheer them up first or get them over what is upsetting. People need to know that their emotions are perfectly valid and accurate for the situation that they are in. And that is often one of the most comforting things you can do. A tricky thing that you may have to do is to distance yourself from the toxically positive people in your life. This is especially difficult if they are family or friends, but I'm sure we all know them. These people that are supposedly friendly but feel more like foes. Essentially, they are the people you hang out with and you come back feeling worse than when you started. This may be a wider, more general thing, or it may be a January thing. They may just subscribe to the beliefs that our society highlights and encourage you to do the same. In an example, if a friend is trying to lose weight and shares that they are proud of their progress, this is not problematic. The issue would then be if said friend then made you feel insecure about your own body by offering unsolicited comments or criticisms. That is being toxically positive. And sometimes it's worth pointing out to these people. Maybe they don't even realise they're doing it. It's that entrenched within our society. Finally, another tough one, but possibly the most important, is to work on your self-compassion. Self-compassion is all about learning to be kinder to yourself and learning to accept yourself. It is about not beating yourself up after that bad day or not overanalyzing that comment you made as a joke and then did not go well. It's focusing on being kind to yourself and not allowing that critical voice inside your head to get the better of you. Now, some of you might be wondering why I am berating positivity and self-improvement in this way. Perhaps this isn't the most motivational of ways to begin the new year, but while those concepts aren't inherently bad, it is being careful that their execution is not done over-enthusiastically. In short, positivity should make you feel good, not make you ignore the other emotions inside of you, not make you feel insecure, and certainly shouldn't have a weight of expectation. Perhaps we can all learn something from my former university lecturer. Strive to be content. If you would like to tell your story, head on over to www.tornpagesproject.com where you can find all of our details about on how to submit and how to appear on the podcast. Want to be a guest on our upcoming roundtables? Drop us an email at tornpagesproject@gmail.com with the subject guest pitch and we'll be in touch. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe to us so you don't miss an episode. Tell your friends about us and if you really love us, leave a five-star review. Thank you for listening and Happy New Year.
The Tom Pages Project is written, researched and presented by Jocelyn Bates and is edited, produced and marketed by Playlist Studios.